Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, it's your best White Sox friend, Brett Ballantini, along with probably your second best White Sox friend, Darren Black. We're back on the farm podcast. Uh, I don't know. It's been, I don't know, like a m- six months, like a month. I don't know. It's been something. It's been basically half as long as it took the White Sox to get back over 500, which, of course, they no longer are as of this recording. And that's an entirely different podcast. So we will table that and save it for another time. <laughs> But back from a break, an undisclosed break, it's Darren Black. Uh, he has been fined an undisclosed amount of Southside Sox dollars for missing the draft and forcing his partner on this podcast to write 16 real-time draft capsules, which was delightful, a delightful experience. Uh, you know, Darren, in past drafts, when we've had um, Joe and Jeremy and White Sox, man and Hamster and uh, probably other people I'm forgetting, Darren, uh, Darren Brown, the, the other half of the Brown and yes, Black uh, combo uh, last year helped out as well. You know, I used to think, man, this this like real time draft like stuff has the picture. Man, this is sort of easy. You know, I mean, it's a little hairy. You just sweat a little bit because you want to make sure you get the photos or whatever and you know, edit everything. But it's sort of easy. And of course, this year I found yeah. out how challenging it can be. Uh, and those of you listening or watching might say, geez, Brett, haven't you had enough of the draft? And the answer is yes, I have had yes. yeah. of the 2022 draft. But our responsibility to you is to talk about it. Darren's been bugging me like ever since he got back. Like, man, come on, we got to do a draft pocket. All right, okay, so we're doing one. And so I'm going to expect snappy answers, quick comebacks, on the draft from Darren Black, because what do I know about draft picks and 
prep guys and well, mostly college guys. Right. So Darren, let's lead this off. First of all, Hey, good to be back with you. It's been, you know, like a month or something. Hey, nice, nice to do this with you again. Yeah. Uh, first half of minor league baseball ruined me. So I took a break. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, I promise not to say anything, but we have just recently revived Darren Black. He was actually just knocked out flat on his back by <laughs> first half of White Sox affiliate baseball. Uh, but boy, they are going gangbusters in the second half. That's another podcast as well. Maybe yeah. next week. Uh, Darren, your assessment, now that you've had time to, uh, overread all of those tw- hey shout out to adrian serrano who helped me out in first day it probably would have been much more challenging and much more harried had i not got we got to switch off picks on the first day he did help out a lot kept to the real time uh continued in the proud tradition of Southside Sox real time picks uh just sort of stepping in the darren black shoes there what can i say darren it just goes to show how, you know, there's just always another guy, another middle infielder in the is just chopping at the bit, biting yep. at your ankles to get his uh, chance in the show. Uh, but that said, um, I'm sure you've read all of those capsules and man, I'm sure they were extremely informative and illuminating. Uh, your assessment of this draft, uh, 19 to 20 players, 95% of this draft college players, but, uh, other things that jump out at you, including, well, I guess we'll get to the first pick, but just overall, uh, what was your thought about the White Sox draft? Yeah, so to start, they didn't, I think they had either the second or the second lowest bonus pool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just awesome. off the bat, you knew that they weren't going to reach for anybody. Um, and if they were going to draft a high schooler, it's probably just going to be a high schooler. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they did. Um, but to me, the... Uh, draft picks and then undrafted picks um, or free agent signings just as a whole without, you know, zeroing in right now. Um, 12 pitchers were drafted and then I think uh, four or five more were signed. Uh, so vast majority pitching. And if you, if you just look at the <laughs> minor league ranks and see where their struggles are, it's with pitching because they have a lot of older guys that are never going to be there. Yeah. They have a lot of younger guys that aren't really uh, establishing themselves. So might as well go out, try to throw as many darts at the board as you can. Um, and that's seems like that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Darren, I'm, you may have picked up on this. I'm a little slow. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, it didn't really strike me that because they had the second smallest, uh, just to the Dodgers, the second smallest pool to sign from that, that would limit the, the amount of risk you could take the amount of gambles uh, in terms, you know, Rick Hahn, I guess is proven uh, he proved in uh, what, 2020, was it 2020 with Jerry Kelly, whatever the Jerry Kelly draft, you know, that, I mean, he is willing to, uh, you know, um, to roll the dice uh, or, you know, do these backroom deals where it's like, Hey, uh, you know, first round money for a second round pick, just, you know, stick around. How are you going to come out? And, and Jerry Kelly did. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not a matter of um, a fear or apprehension, but yeah, I guess just the practical limitations of, of the pool and yet still yeah. trying to get 20 quality guys, uh, yeah, that is a factor. And, you know, guess what? Let's see. I was just so busy on those, those 16 capsules. I couldn't actually like put the math together and figure things out, but that's a great point. Uh, so let's talk about the one guy that they made the biggest stretch for, um, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, if you'd call it uh, controversial, but certainly a, a bold pick and a guy who had a, a ranking, uh, I guess, maybe because of his control or maybe just his youth, a ranking that was much lower than where the White Sox picked him. So certainly they're much higher on Noah Schultz than, you know, say whatever, all the, all the, you know, the prognosticators out there. Uh, what'd you think about that, uh, about that first round pick? Uh, you know, it, it, I think it did come as a surprise. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the top reason why they looked at him uh, at that spot, a high schooler that wasn't looked at as a first round pick, Mm. uh, but as a guy that you knew you could have signed for exactly at slot, which is what they basically did. I think they Mm. basically rounded up from what the slot number was um, so they could save or not save, but uh, utilize the rest of the bonus pool for that second and third round. not for high schoolers, but for other guys that are near that range. So they really took three kind of second rounders in the first, second, and third, um, but really kind of just went out there and took the younger, the, the youngest guy, by far the youngest guy in this draft for the Sox, mm-hmm. Noah Schultz. Um, lefty should be a starter, um, though the last time that they took a lefty should be a starter in the first round. He's a reliever now. <laughs> yes. uh, for, so we'll, so we'll see. And broken. Um, yes. Right. And broken. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's basically more of an unknown. He hasn't pitched a ton, even for a high schooler. He hasn't pitched a ton, uh, cause, cause of illness, uh, not COVID. I, I think he had mono, which yeah, is also a theme with the Sox. Yeah. Picks. No kidding. A couple other guys had mono too. I guess everyone got back from COVID and was really having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really tall. Um, he has a lot of work to do to get his fastball back to consistent uh, uh, mid nineties, um, which he's a high schooler. You shouldn't expect him to be very consistent. Um, high school pitching is a lot different. We should know that just by Jared Kelly's and Matthew Thompson's and mm-hmm. Judalquist at this point and, and ignore Colson Montgomery's high school bat, which is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, high school pitching is a whole different monster. So tough to, tough to compare him to um, the others, but just huge unknown. He'll probably be in low A all next year. Um, maybe even the ACL to be honest, cause mm-hmm. he's got a, he's got a lot to learn, a lot yeah. to hone in. Uh, okay, so then the White Sox sort of zag in the second round. I'm not saying they're doing a reverse type of move, but they pick, I believe I have this correct. I'm terrible with pronunciation, but I think it's Peyton Paulette, but that's just I what I guessed worse. at in the first place. Um, yeah. a, a guy who's right now hurt, uh, but before getting hurt was really being talked up as a first rounder. Uh, again, this may fall slip right into the pocket as you've already sort of like intro this draft as the, you know, sneaky, let's be able to sign 20 guys uh, draft. And I guess going first round talent, but hurt second round and a guy maybe therefore, you know, likely, you know, they're, they're thinking likely to sign is the strategy there with Paulette. Um, what do you know about this guy? How do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I think it's funny that Walker Bueller comes up with them just because there's just such a huge difference yeah. between Walker Bueller like right now and what this guy is right now. Um, but he wasn't, he went to Arkansas, wasn't really all that successful, but he is a starter. He did uh, pitch and relief a few times, um, but you should expect him to start. Um, Mid 90s again, uh, d- decent breaking pitches. Again, like control, control is going to be a problem with all these guys, Um, even just beyond the normal control of, uh, of a college pitcher. Uh, But he is on the younger side of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think MLB pipeline actually had him rated higher uh, than Noah Schultz, uh, probably just because uh, Peyton's more of a known uh, commodity than Schultz. Um, But uh, the ceiling literally for Schultz would be higher because he's six, nine compared to (laughs) Peyton who's six, one, but um, probably just another uh, work in progress because he has to uh, make sure that he's um, consistently using his 
motion. That's kind of a thing that he's run into. Um, he doesn't really have a repeatable motion, so he might have to tweak that once he gets into the uh, player development side of things for the Sox. But he's an interesting guy, and he was a he's a younger college pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, only two years. This is his age twenty one season, so twenty two next year. So younger, younger on that side, and that's always a plus uh, when you're looking at the draft. Now, normally, Darren, I just get, as you know, I just get to sit back and do nothing. I'm eating my helmet nachos. I'm just enjoying the draft. I get to watch it as a fan. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering. I got my charts out because I'm a nerd and I'm like, oh, that guy went there. And that. But so this year, because I had to write them all up, I was really focused on just White Sox picks. And it seemed like every guy, every pitcher, a lot of arms uh, being mentioned, a ton of the pitchers, spin rate came up, spin rate came up, elite spin rate, great spin rate, whatever. Now, mm-hmm. what I need to know from you is, are they saying that about all picks? Is spin rate just a thing that people are going after now? I know it's not a bad thing, so I don't, I don't know the teams are avoiding it, but, or, or do you think the White Sox really were making a concerted effort to get those guys who had that kind of uh, spin? Cause that's, they're just thinking that that's, that's the thing to go hard in on to, uh, <laughs> to, to catch up on the arms race. Cause they are just devoid of arms at all levels. No, I think I, I mean, even with their undrafted guys, uh, there was always a, there's the pitching side of it. There's always one pitch that, uh, whether it's a slider or curve that that guy was just really good, good with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of seems what they're doing with their pitching right now. Um, I, I, obviously when you think about that, they've been doing that for a while because, uh, Gary Crochet, uh, falls into that as well. Um, but that just kind of seems to be their MO right now. Try to find the strikeout guys. Sure. They might walk a good amount of people, but maybe we'll figure that out later. Um, Cole Seamus is actually kind of a Hmm. better uh, story in in that realm because he had the same trouble, but like high spin rate um, and he's, you know, blossomed this year, but he's also hurt, which is also kind of a thing that happens with high spin rate guys. Um, But I mean, if you look at their major league staff, it's worked out with the, with the guys that they brought in that had that high spin rate. Uh, Dylan Cease has worked out great. Kopex looks good. Um, just that's kind of the pitching style they're going for right now. Um, will that work out in the end? I don't know, but at the very least you could probably see them make a move to the pen if uh, they just have to mm-hmm. be a two pitch pitcher. So maybe they're trying to cut their losses and say, Hey, you can be a bullpen guy like Reynaldo Lopez later, just because you've got that one pitch. Well, so far, so good. You wouldn't know that Darren Black just quit the draft this year. He said, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, I'm on the outs of the draft. I'm not interested in prospects anymore. You wouldn't know that because he's keeping up really, really well, along with the expert. That's me, Brett Valentini. We're going to take a quick break, jump back to it. Uh, Probably going to jump around a little bit in the draft, not just go down one through 20, but uh, we'll do that in a minute. Hang with us because there's more Darren Black wisdom uh, in just a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, we are back. This is the seventh, only the seventh. It's sort of embarrassing. I really have, I've 
fallen down on the job this year in terms of the farm podcast. Darren Black's constantly knocking on the door. He's like, man, come on. I brought pizza. Come on. I got some soda, whatever. Okay, man, let's, let's do this thing. And I'm just like, no, nah, you know, Tim, I'm just, I'm too busy. I'm too important for the farm po- podcast. My bad party fell on me. Apologize to all you listeners of you apologize uh, to uh, Darren Black. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's not fair. I'm just, I'm not treating the farm pa- podcast the way I should. And who knows, maybe it can't be worse, Darren. Maybe the second half of minor league play this year for the White Sox will actually Looking a bit better. get us a little bit more, you know, engaged. I mean, for for God's sake, the the Canapolis Cannonballers are in first place in the second half right now. What what, what can you say about that? That's just that is stunning. Yeah. So maybe heck, maybe we'll do them do them every few days. Who's to say, uh, Darren? Let's um, maybe let's jump around a little. Uh, you know, certainly I don't want to miss anybody you want to talk about, but uh, let's cover some guys. And you know, maybe toward the end, if there's somebody I'm just totally whiffing on, uh, you can make sure to bring them up. But uh, give me the wisdom of you know, no offense to Jordan Sprinkle, but what is the wisdom of picking a fourth rounder who can't hit? Uh, I don't know if this is a Gilbert Sanchez thing where it's like, hey, man, let's just get the glove intact because we don't exactly have tight defense going all the way up to the south side. Uh, and then we'll figure out the bat later. Uh, or am I being mean to Mr. Sprinkle? Uh, it was kind of a so with him, he is a guy that could probably actually stay at shortstop. He seems uh, he seems to have, be pretty decent defensively. Um, it shows good speed, so he's pretty athletic. So if you're thinking back to like old school White Sox picks, maybe that's just kind of a guy they all would have taken. Um, but yeah, I mean, his oh, the COVID years make freshmen sophomores kind of sound weird. But his 2021 season, he was actually yeah. much better hitting wise. He had 350, but he wasn't walking as much. Um, so I don't know if he just went out of his way to kind of just stay back a bit. Um, and just kind of like let the count come to him. And that was a detriment to his bet on ball skills. Um, I'd be really curious where he would have gone when he was slashing 350 or hitting 350 compared to the 280 he did uh, uh, last year compared to 2021. Um, but I mean, if, if he is as patient as he is, um, as he sh- showed in 2022, um, and he has the ability to hit 350, uh, yeah, obviously at the college level, then I think that's a nice, you know, flyer to see what you can do. Because if you already think he's going to at least be a shortstop or at least be a second baseman, at least play up the middle, mm-hmm. then might as well see what you can do at the bats. Yeah. Um, kind of a reverse Duke Ellis, I would say, where Duke <laughs> Ellis was just hitting the ball all the time. And you were just like, okay, well, let's see if he can actually do that in the majors because he can't really walk that much. Mm-hmm. Um, now Jordan Sprinkle, it's like, okay, hey, um, he – lost a step with the bat but walked a lot more let's see if he can kind of average that out uh literally mm-hmm. um and yeah. you know maybe turn some of those walks into you know down the line doubles or doubles into triples where he was kind of waiting um last year okay all right i got feisty and you shut it down good that's a good answer yeah. and he feel, is I their top uh, position player yeah drafted, yeah so and and let's and get to a huge, that a huge uh huge gap between them too yeah and let's get to that uh okay darren one outfield outfielder selected one catcher selected now one of these things is not like the other the white Sox do have outfielder candidates uh cuba alone will provide the outfield for probably the next three decades <laughs> in chicago however the white Sox, i mean maybe they had a bunch of guys on their list and they just got snatched a couple you know picks before i, I guess that's possible but they picked one catcher out of 20 and um 
what's going on? Obviously, that's a that's a trend. Obviously, they did not they weren't planning on picking a lot of those guys, and certainly maybe outfielders were something intentionally avoided. But one catcher seems a, like a curious move. Yeah, and, and the catcher is uh, the the bonus pool stuff is kind of weird. Some Baseball America has Sox signing eighteen of the twenty already, and some other sites have them not signing that many yet. Um, I don't know what is most updated, but Baseball America has that catcher Michael Turner signing for a thirty-five thousand bonus, mm-hmm. which is like far under the the the, mm-hmm. the the bonus pool allotted to there. Um, so I think that was more just, hey, this is a guy that we can just sign for cheap and use it on Jonathan Cannon or mm-hmm. uh, Peyton Pallet, Peyton. <laughs> Peyton. Call it. Yeah. <laughs> we can get Cajun. I don't know we'll how learn. we're supposed to do it, but we'll figure yeah. it out. Pay it. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I, I don't even, I'm not even sure if he's going to be a guy that they'll even really use that often. Mm-hmm. Um, he might even just go straight to Kannapolis. Maybe just hang out for a week in ACL and then just go okay. straight to Kannapolis and just back up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the outfield of Jake, outfielder Jacob Burke actually did um, get more than uh, uh, the for rounds 11 through 20, it's 125,000 uh, is kind of the bar. Um, and he got over 100,000 more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did actually, he was really good in the ACC with Miami last year. Um, it's just it, the difference between where he could be and where Jordan Sprinkle could be is like pretty, is pretty big. Okay. Um, but he probably will end up being a left fielder uh, just because the arm isn't there. Uh, but he, did hit really well last year in the ACC, which is at least a, a two thumbs up in my book. Yeah, I and was they impressed up for over expectation. So I really was. I you know I you know I mean I don't know anything, so it's like oh wait this guy actually seems pretty good. Or you know conversely oh wow who who is this guy? What, what are they going for this guy? You know uh, this high uh, and you know so a very you know simple minded approach. But when writing up, when researching him, I was like hey wait this you know I mean he's a rookie of the year in the conference or, or no on yeah. on the on the on the team. Uh, which is not nothing. I mean, you know, Miami's not no. a chop. He does team, strike so. out a lot. That's right. kind of the bad thing, but right. um, that's something that the Sox <laughs> have a lot of guys that do that <laughs> um, in low A. And it does seem like if they're, uh, it does seem like that they can bring down that strikeout number um, in their <laughs> first full pro season. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they, whenever they get there, I don't know what they do in Birmingham uh, when they're there or what they do um, in the, in the spring, but mm-hmm. they do seem to be able to kind of stabilize the strikeout rates, but that's going to be the biggest thing and probably why he fell down a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a Roman Gonzalez thing. Maybe you just, you know, yes. you, 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 yeah, you, 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 you know, lightning strikes again or something, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that guy did, he sort of my eyes and you know, granted it wasn't just cause it's like, Oh wait, <laughs> he's the only outfielder. Although that was part of two worth noting uh, white Sox have signed as of right now. We'll get to them toward the end of this, I suppose, or, or briefly touch on some of the undrafted free agents have signed the most in the American league. Uh, only the Phillies, I believe, and San Diego so far have signed more of the undrafted free agents, but among them only one catcher. So the white Sox are not exactly like loading up on undrafted um, catchers either. Uh, let's jump toward the bottom of the draft with some uh, weird guys, sort of uh, maybe strange to spend too much time on, but hey, you know, why not? It does, just because you're a 20th round pick doesn't mean you have any less chance of getting to the majors per se uh, than a guy who's uh, a 10th rounder. But uh, a guy that a lot of people scratch their heads about and were sort of excited about, and I got to say, 
the man comes across as just a real hoss and a real badass, you know, in traditionally uh, whatever stereotypical Texan way, as I well know, having spent time behind those uh, enemy lines. Uh, uh, Tristan Stevers, uh, closer, more saves than anyone in the country. And what really struck me was he's a guy who, when it came to, I want to say it was maybe college world series or playoffs conference, something really a must game said, okay, I'm going to start my first game this year. He pitched seven innings and he pitched very well against an opponent that wasn't like, you know, it wasn't uh, I don't know, Texas state or something it was a legit opponent, uh, just sort of an eye opener. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, seems like a strange, like kind of outlier. Is he the kind of guy who they just sort of like pick, Hey, he's there. Let's see. Let's just sort of roll them out there in the minors and see what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's more along the lines of that. Um, I mean, he he was fantastic last season, uh, but he he is a lower nineties fastball guy, um, and at that right. point they have they've already taken a couple relievers that they actually like gave a lot more money to, um, like Eric Alder mm-hmm. or Adler and Mark McLaugh Mark McLaughlin. Um, so at that point, it's more, I know, you know, your TCU guy, Halen Green. Um, I wouldn't compare him more to uh, <laughs> Halen Green, uh, just because, oh, you're uh, at this point, kind of a veteran closer because right. he, he's 23 right now. So he's right. a bit old for for being drafted, but um, they need to load up on just pitching in general. And if this is a dart throw that they can mm-hmm. Um, see the things they liked last year, uh, the entire season after him having a bad 2021, um, then any type of improvement they think they can build off of um, is good in my book. Um, they they just, <laughs> they need to start moving the pitching through the system. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone go look at Charlotte's, <laughs> yeah. go look at Charlotte's pitching rotation. Uh, they need to, they need yeah. to get some arms. Yes, guys who can go maybe more than any, unless they're really taking a bold strategy where it's just going to be bullpen games every year. They, they've never used openers, so they're not going to start using openers. They're just going to use yeah. bullpen games okay. every game. Well, uh, Stevers has Moxie, and there's, I guess, something to be said for that. We'll find out. You know, he'll be, uh, he's, I guess, technically he's a pro already. He'll be actually participating as a pro soon. We'll see what the guy can do. Uh, okay, uh, next pick. Can't not acknowledge him. Two-way player Nick uh, Altermat from um, Mankato. I mean, not exactly a hotbed of baseball up there in Minnesota, but, uh, you know, he's an interesting story. And, you know, White Sox drafted him as a pitcher. He was not announced as a two-way player as other guys were. So I guess the intent going in, um, like I think I want to say Addison Coffee as well, was just announced as, as one or the other, even though I think mm-hmm. they left it open that they might have him go both ways, even though he has not hit uh, as a pro yet. Um, you know, again, is this just a matter of, all right, yeah, okay, whatever, let's see. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation that you take the Minnesota guys, whatever. They did actually sign him at the, the 125 um, uh, bonus slot. So that's at least they had to compete for him in order to, for him to sign there. Um, I do think it is interesting that they already pigeonholed him into the pitching spot. Yeah. Um, like he played for Minnesota state. So obviously the competition isn't, you know, great compared to uh, the guy, the ACC and SEC guys we were just talking about. Um, but it, I'm at that point, it's just kind of, they did, they just did this with Anderson Comas. who used to be an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be on the, Hey, is he, this guy a top 30 guy uh, like every year? 
um, and they finally just moved him to the pitching spot. I would expect him to just play where they picked him or as they picked him. I can't think of any two-way guys in their system. They usually say, if you can't do this, then you're released or let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they thought about it with Matt Davidson for a little bit, but <laughs> I think that was more of a joke. But, yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he, he was a really good hitter where he was and he was also really good in the summer leagues that he participated in. Mm-hmm. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens on, on their end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also curious to see what he actually enjoys more. Maybe mm-hmm. he just likes pitching more and he, yeah. that's what they told him. Yeah. And if you like something more then maybe you'll just naturally work harder at it. Mm-hmm. Not sure, yeah. but yeah. Um, one of the more interesting late guys um, that they could actually pick just because he seems like he can actually do it all. Uh, the White Sox have a number of third base prospects in their system. They're not rich at every position, as we well know, and it's even been documented in this very <laughs> podcast. But the White Sox, of their 20 picks, decided to use three on third basemen. Uh, is that just because – that's a matter of – I mean, we're talking about 12th round and on. So is that just a matter of, hey, like the best player available, we really like Brooks Baldwin. We really thought he was an eighth-round talent, so we really got to take him at 12, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of just expect that they'll just move everywhere, just right. kind of see where he is. Um, if if you're thinking about third baseman, it probably would go, in my opinion, Brian Ramos, and then a big gap, West Calf, mm-hmm. um, and West Calf. Um, I did I did the update on yesterday. Today is Wednesday, Tuesday, and West Calf threw his twentieth uh, error. He did um, so. <laughs> Maybe we say that there's a bunch of third, you know, third yeah. baseman uh, That's true. <laughs> uh, prospects, but they themselves might move around. West Cath might move to a corner infield spot. He might move to first base. These guys that they drafted at third base, like Drake Logan out of, out of Juco, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he moves around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, they're good. They're all going to probably play where they were drafted in the ACL. And then after that, they're going to see in the spring, okay, Hey, you get, you have skills that can work somewhere else and we'll kind of fit you around. Um, they did that with Wilford, Wilford Barris pretty quickly. Uh, 21, he was playing third and first. Uh, and now he's playing more exclusively first. Uh, that's just kind of how that goes um, uh, with these young guys. I finally get to play good cop in this. Darren, I'm like, man, they got a ton of third basemen. And Darren says, well, no, they have sort of one third baseman uh, <laughs> and probably a guy who might end up being a third baseman in Colson Montgomery, a guy who we really do think is, is targeted sure, for the majors yes. at some point. Uh, and who knows even uh, Popeye. Yeah, they got, yeah, I guess, I guess, but yeah. All right. Okay. So you, all right. You, 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 you popped my balloon there. Uh, okay. Um, before we get to maybe a, maybe a couple undrafted free agents or we just run out of time or whatever. Uh what is the value, Darren, of taking a college or for that matter, I guess high school. I mean, high school and college players are much, much different, of course, but guys who have sort of like playoff leadership, championship, championship experience. I am talking about the one, the only, the mustachio Tim Elko, who helped lead uh, Mississippi to uh, a very deep, uh, to an incredible um, college world series run. Uh, he had come back from injury. I mean, there's like a lot of crazy plot lines and he's a 10th rounder and he's a first baseman and whatever. He's got one leg. So, you know, who knows if the guy ever does anything at all, but 
is there value when you see those types of guys pick like, oh, oh, you know, okay. Uh, is there any merit to that stuff that, I don't know, leadership or that um, uh, coming through some tense situations? Or is it just like, you know, I just want to see what your, what your scouting numbers are. I want to see what your, you know, time to first base is. And that's really what it is. Uh, where do you lean there? Is there any value, you know, to something like what Elko would bring to the organization? Well, the greatest value that Elko brings to the organization is that he's a 10th round pick. So he counts in the bonus pool and you can sign him for a lot lower than the slot. So you can sign, you know, the second and third round draft picks instead. Uh, But obviously they could have picked a bunch of other people Mm -hmm. instead to do that. Um, And first base is actually kind of a, a weird thing because all of the first base prospects are basically in the majors playing other positions. <laughs> There's a punchline there somewhere, Darren. <laughs> so you might think they have a lot of first base prospects all throughout the system, but they're really already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he he's basically in, in the Eloy Jimenez, uh, Dylan Cease trade. Um, I, I forget his name, but there was a guy with big power. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, basically a lottery ticket in there and a first baseman. And that's just kind of how I view um, all of these guys that they're uh, signing for a lot lower than the uh, sl- uh, slot allotment mm-hmm. um, in order to sign other guys. And obviously Tim Elko is a guy that has huge power, uh, decent walk numbers. Uh, but <laughs> we talked about Jordan Sprinkle or not Jordan Sprinkle, uh, Jacob uh, Blake, mm-hmm. Jacob Burks uh, mm-hmm. um, striking out a lot. Like Tim Elko struck out a lot in college, like Evan Skaug amount, uh, amount of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes, but he's going to have to really figure out um, how to uh, not strike out that much in order to utilize that power. Um, I, Cause I'm, I'm sure he's going to get the ACL and then Canapolis next year. And that K rate's going to be at like 35%, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and that's just not going to cut it mm-hmm. um, for a first baseman like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a one skill that he's really good at power. And then maybe you try to hone in everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of a, basically a lottery ticket on Mm -hmm. all these guys where they have one good thing. And then let's see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, White Sox, as I had mentioned, uh, have been very active in, in snagging quickly, relatively quickly undrafted players, uh, including a a lot more arms. And we know the White Sox need a lot of arms. Mm -hmm. So that's a wise move guys. Uh, is there anyone among the undrafted free agents that, that, that jumps out, or is it just good to get uh, a, a bushel of these arms into Arizona and sort of like just roll them out there and see what happens? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just good to just, again, this system is uh, just old in general. Like they have a lot of guys that probably just shouldn't be in the minors. So you can see if some, uh, like uh, like Chase Zaleski, like see if he can actually do something in Double A instead of keeping him in the lowers, because mm-hmm. uh, you have to pitch some other guys like mm-hmm. Kyle Kubat forever in Charlotte, something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, there are I know um Drew McDaniel uh out of Mississippi again, mm-hmm. um he's a high strikeout guy, also walks a ton of people. He just has a really good curveball, so that's again just one thing that is really good. Um, and maybe you try to put other things together. Um, again, Cole Seamus was an undrafted mm-hmm. free agent. So these guys will, uh, the draft used to be 40 rounds. So yeah. these guys will at least compete in other things. 
Um, but Ben Butel is probably the guy that I will look out for the most. Mm-hmm. He's a lefty. The Sox need lefties. He's yeah. a reliever. He was really good in the Big Ten last year. Um, pretty good in the summer league, in the draft leagues uh, uh, heading into the draft. Um, and he's a sidearm guy. So and with a good slider. So if you're a lefty sidearm, good slider, you're well on your way. To yeah, going you're on to the, the majors. Yeah. And getting two outs a game. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, if that's the bar of who I think is could mm-hmm. actually be in the majors one day, just because of good slider, uh, sidearm guy, um, lefty on the White Sox, uh, that's a that's a guy that I would look out for and will take note on every mm-hmm. uh, minor league update that I do. Yeah, yeah. And there are many. Sorry, Darren, there still are many for <laughs> you. And uh, to that note, uh, surely in a week's time, if not sooner, we'll be talking about all the great playoff-bound teams in the system all of a sudden. Thank God <laughs> things just reset in the middle of the year. And we probably also will be addressing, and it's, it's, it's an ugly part, it's a sad part, but we probably will be, uh, addressing some guys who are either um, have a very short leash remaining in the system or may already be released because there are definitely going to be some moves. Uh, we can make our crib so, notes so on who some of those guys will be, but there are definitely going to be some guys uh, leaving the organization uh, as room has to be made for uh, all the new players uh, coming in. And there's a ton. There's going to be what, you know, let's say roughly 30, you know, coming in. And so they're going to have to find space, even though in theory, Arizona, even on the single team, the White Sox mysteriously have, uh, I guess you could run out a roster of 60 guys, just aren't going to get too much playing time for everybody. Um, so we probably will be addressing that uh, real soon. If you're going to be available, if you don't just, you know, take off and risk another Southside Sox yeah, box, uh, yeah. um, fine, Darren, if, if you're not, then we'll do this again soon. Yeah, we will. Uh, I, surprisingly, the second half is actually Gone well. Yes, not, not in bad. Charlotte, but everywhere else. Now, of course, it's just a matter of days between these podcasts. That could change. We'll find out. We'll address that then. Yeah. And we'll probably do a more traditional run down the affiliates, uh, in addition to maybe some guys, maybe perhaps even getting their feet wet uh, in Arizona uh, by the time we talk again. But we'll do it again soon. Darren, good to have you back. And I look forward mm-hmm. to uh, giving you uh, a few more draft picks to write up next year. Yep, I'll be around. <laughs> At least it's not 40 anymore. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, thanks everybody for listening. And thanks for sticking with us. Yes, we still do have a farm podcast and we'll have another one coming at you maybe within a week or so, uh, providing I can rouse uh, Darren from his prospects slumber. Take care, everybody.